This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. My name is Patch and before we get into the Barnsley game, we're joined by a guest. I say we, Matt's not with us at the moment. He is still off in Chicago. So um, yeah, we're going to try and catch up with Matt later for the, the Barnsley post-match reaction. But um, I'm pleased to say I'm joined by Chris, Chris Gannon, um, who works at Bristol City and he has got many hats at the club and beyond. So uh, welcome, Chris. How are you, sir? Hi, Patch. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Very good. Thank you. So, Chris, we we caught up um, a few weeks ago and you told me about the number of roles that you hold and and hats that you have at uh, at Bristol City and also um, pivotal to the launch of Robin's Talk. Um, but we'll get get onto that in a minute. So just explain some of the roles you've got and uh, how it changes on a daily basis. Yeah, so um, all of this is come off the back of having a career change um, at the ripe age of 38. So I'm a full-time student with Bristol City Robbins Foundation Education with their foundation degree, which is linked up with the University of South Wales. So off the back of that, I've had the opportunity to do community coaching with the Robbins Foundation. So that could be holiday camps. It could be the kick sessions, which is um, sort of targeting vulnerable children, children in deprived areas. Um, summer camps, holiday camps, they're great fun. You get get to know the kids really well, get a bit of a bond with them and see the characters come out. It's, it's really good to see. Um, off the back of that, I'm now a lead coach on Robin's Talk, which we'll talk more about, which is the session that I've come up with. I've got a couple of other roles. So I'm the supervisor for the ball assistants, um, as they're now known, um, on a match day for the men. So you see me plodding around the outside of the pitch, just uh, making sure they're all behaving. And I've always been fascinated um, by <laughs> by that role. Um, and obviously now you've got the added complication of making sure there's towels in bags as well. I was going to tailgate, but yeah, no, it was, um, that was a, that was an experience. And I was actually with um, somebody at the weekend from Cardiff City who is in a similar role. Um, doing my uh, C certificate in goalkeeper coaching, and we had a had a little chat about that. A lot goes on behind the scenes with that that you don't realise on, like just from watching from the outside. Mm. Um, there's a lot of safeguarding that goes yeah. on because obviously we've got to remember that the the board assistants they're either foundation students from college or they're academy players. So um, it's for the academy players it gives them that aspiration to be able to get. On the Up pitch close and personal there, aren't they? Yeah, and the the difference of being pitch side to being stood in the sand is is unreal. Um, the communication you hear between the players, um, and you really get to see the speed and ability of the of the players up close and personal. Well, also, and some of the some of the ball assistants, you know, become famous like Lee Johnson's swing on the Man United game. He's a bit of a ball assistant legend. <laughs> Celebrity, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> And and there is that. It's that is like you can see from obviously the towel situation, it, it can have a massive 
impact on the feel of the game or, or anything that go, that's going on. Um, it can have a massive impact on on the fans as well. Yeah. Like if they see what's going on, um, they're they're very supportive of, uh, of the assistants. Um, and to be fair, like all the games we've done so far, they've been excellent. Um, yeah. I think there was just a little communication break breakdown that day, but um, yeah, like we can't fault them. They're they're always really professional in their approach to it, and yeah. it's. it's we're forgetting we're sending kids into high pressure adult situations. Absolutely. You know, going back. So, so my, my co-host on three peeps, the original show, the regular show, um, he was a ball boy. Now I have to get this right. He's now 50. I think he was, he was about seven. So we're talking about like late seventies. So Mm -hmm. he made his, his ball boy debut the same day as Alan Walsh. Um, you know, so we're talking quite a while ago and, and this was just something you applied for at the time, but yeah. fast forward 40 odd years, you know, we, we, we've always, we've all seen the documentaries about the, uh, the ball boys, ball girls at Wimbledon and how military that is, how, to what extent do they get sort of training and, and guidance now? So we have a briefing every match day with them, um, they the parents are fantastic in the fact that they get the the ball assistants down to the ground at hour and a half before the game um and then obviously that's not so bad when the weather's nice but any information come through about what we're expecting on match day or if there's any little things that have been spotted from previous games um like speed of getting the ball back things like mm-hmm. that anybody that's new to it we run through the whole procedure of um how we like them to behave on a match day, what's expected, what is allowed and not allowed. Um, In terms of that question, what's allowed and what not allowed, are, are they supposed to only return the ball with their hands? Yes. Yeah, that is. Because that temptation um, to just lever the ball back. <laughs> yeah. So, again, because they're all footballers um, or involved in football in some way, Yeah, there, there is that temptation to show the skills and, <laughs> and, and that. Um, I think... Yeah, they generally they're great. Like we have to make sure as well, I think, that we don't get them getting a bit too enthusiastic and just throwing it back when the player's not looking, because you can imagine we've uh, seen we've seen some uh some clips over the years, haven't we, of ball boys sort of lying on the ball and not yeah. giving it back or throwing it, you know, yeah. either side of where the where the away player expects it. So yeah, it's all about, you know, being, I guess, pro- professional and and uh doing the role. And if they do happen to step out of that remit of what's what's allowed what's sensible um there is really serious repercussions for them um within either the foundation with the college or um within the academy so they all do generally um yeah. like they they all behave and again when they're getting goaded by away fans and things like that these teenagers are incredible in the fact they don't react or rise to it so it's um yeah it got to sing the praises of those and they're very 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 good absolutely yeah and uh do you i also wondered as well do you put the more senior ball assistants at the away end so yeah we'll we'll discuss with um all the ball assistants on the day because it does change match day to match day um we will sort of say to them like who's comfortable being there um equally we're positioned just behind them so where the old tunnel is that's where okay. myself and and um, my colleague who, who does it as well, we're positioned right in the tunnel. 
watching what's going on. So it's sort of 50-50 on that because it can be a bit comforting knowing that we're close by and yeah. we can get to them. Absolutely. But, but obviously, if it's a bit hairy, yeah, we'll we'll pull them out of there and make sure they're safe and safe and sound. But yeah, yeah gem, generally, you'll find the older ones like the atmosphere there or yeah. uh, in, in the singing section of the And are, are, are they instructed to to jump into the into the stand to, to retrieve the ball or is that the role of the I guess that's the fan the, or the steward? Yeah, that's the fan and the stewards. And right. uh, I think the last match we we saw at home that the ball disappeared into the stand for a bit behind us and they were having great fun with it. Yeah. Um but yeah there's, you, you there's, knew you knew as soon as the as soon as Dan Bentley got a new ball and kicked it out that that ball was gonna come back on the pitch, didn't you? Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah they 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 were having great fun with it. They were definitely up for it. But um yeah no it's it's a fantastic privilege really to be doing it. Oh yeah absolutely um, yeah. Brilliant. Now a good insight into the ball assistant's role. I love that. Um right so Robin's talk Tell, talk to us about that um how it was formed when it happens the general format yeah so obviously the foundation um provide services and projects for from everything from really children in like or youths in deprived areas through to adults and well-being sessions i had um an experience where i was coaching um it was a local side in the under 18s and one of the, it turned out to be one of the parents had um, a, a bit of a trigger from something that happened in the match. Um, and after the match, we, we got talking to them um, and found out that they were ex-services and they were diagnosed with PTSD, um, which is post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, I, myself, um, two years ago, got diagnosed with a condition called complex post-traumatic stress disorder, which is a long-term um, thing usually from sort of associated with uh, things from growing up so I had a bit of empathy for him and we got talking and he said like he missed miss sport a lot and he'd love to sort of occupy his mind a bit more with sport but where his joints were shot from being in the services like his hips and knees he couldn't really do competitive sport so I spoke to Lee Gillett at the foundation um, at Robbins Foundation and said look, we've got this gentleman here. Is there anything that we know of that we can send him to? Um, is there anything we do? And at the time, there wasn't anything really suitable for him. So I went away, scratched my head, and came up with um, this idea of Robin's Talk, which is a, a mental well-being session. So what we do is we have a half an hour chance to chat at the start. There's no pressure on it, anybody talking. Um, and then we have an hour of fitness, so or, or activity, a little match. It could be um, some like practices that we put on for them, um, and it's just all very sort of relaxed. There's no pressure for people. Like what what we want to offer is somewhere where people feel safe um, and where they can talk or where they can just get a little bit of exercise. And then we have a. a half hour chance to chat at the end which generally goes on for more than that and goes on for about an hour after mm. um and it's early days of the project but we're we're doing quite well with numbers um we have seen everybody that came that's been to one session has been back for another um, and most have been back every week 
responses we've had from it are fantastic. People saying they can feel their confidence coming back. Um, it's nice knowing that they're not on their own. At the moment, we're, it's a mainly male participant um, base, but we are open to any gender, uh, any sexuality. It's for everybody. It is really is football for all, which I know is one of the FA sort of targets as well. I think a big thing for it as well is if people are having a bit of a bad time, there is no pressure to keep coming every week. So if you if you want to come that week, that's no problem. If you don't want to come, there's no sort of, oh, you've lost your spaces. Mm. Somebody else has stepped in. Um, we've made it free to attend as well. So we can remove that financial barrier for people, um, especially at the moment where, where things are going up in prices. It's good to have something that's free to attend. And also you don't have to be diagnosed with any mental health condition. Um, I felt from my own experiences and through speaking to this gentleman that there's a lot of things that are there once you've been diagnosed or once you go through a GP. But it's that initial period where you might be sort of struggling a bit and just want somebody to, to, to bounce off of. And then we can signpost people off to the appropriate sort of help um, mm and get some guidance from that and I'm trained mental health first aider for youths and adults and the plan is in the future if this becomes a success is that we roll it out and do a youth um, Robin's talk session as well so at the moment due to like safeguarding things like that we've capped the um, lower age limit 18 but yeah hopefully going forward we'll be able to roll one out for the for youths as well but yeah it's um it, so far, the response has been great. So, so good, so good to hear. I think you know, over the last couple of years, the pandemic, everyone's been been tested um, in terms of their limits. So, I think it's a really positive step that that you're taking and driving forward. So, tell tell us sort of where, when, um, and and how. So, how often does it run? Where does it run? Is it virtual? Is it is it in person only? Yeah. So it runs every. Wednesday, um, it's held at Imperial or South Bristol Sports Centre, um, and we run from four thirty till six thirty. Um, looking through research and things like that, um, the FA that have done a lot on it uh, sort of said middle of the day is the best time. But what we were trying to do is offer something for people that are in work and out of work. We want to try and help people stop getting to that point where they need to stop working um, and yeah so far 90 uh, percent of the participants are in work still so mm. we're catching that segment where people are, are struggling um, but still in in their work which i think is important um, and also we've got the rest that are, that are out of work for medical reasons um, that, that are coming along so yeah it's, it's oh, yeah. very good and you've got some advocacy from some of the playing staff. I think Chris Martin and Dan Bentley are big supporters of this. Yes, um, we've got both those as ambassadors. Um, obviously, with COVID and restrictions on, we haven't been able to get them as involved as we like. But hopefully, um, as things ease, we will get um, get them involved a little bit more. And they've been very supportive with social media. It's like sharing the posts and, and mm. promoting it. So yeah, it's um, it's great to have two such high-profile players locally involved. 
Yeah. So if people want to find out more about this, is there a, a website or, you know, is there, is there somewhere they should go to sign up? Um, so you can just turn up on the day and there's no sign up needed. Three or four of us generally wandering around in Bristol City stuff down at Imperial as we're, as we're sort of getting the session going. If you want to find out information, you can contact us through the Facebook pages, through Twitter, and there is on the adverts, there's an email and phone number that um, people can contact Lee Gillett through, um, and we will respond back to you and hopefully get you down to one of the sessions. I used to work with Lee Gillett. Lovely chap. If you're listening, Lee, hello, and I'll speak. I'll see you soon. Um, yeah, so uh, really, really good to hear, and I think... I think we spoke um, a little while ago and I said, for me, the closed season when there's no football going on and sat- your Saturdays are different. So is this, is this going to run throughout the throughout the closed season as well? Yeah, this is all year round. So again, we thought that was important. I think I've sort of touched on it as well, is that when people are used to being in work all week and then they've got that home pressure in the school holidays as well, where they've got the addition of the children being home or extra pressure at being at work from where people are off for, to look after their children. We felt it was important that we carried it on through school holidays or the seasonal periods so that people have still got that continuity. Um, and let's just touch on yourself. Uh, so you're in full-time education as well as all of these multiple hats that you've got. Tell us what, what, you're, uh, what you're studying. Yeah, um, so through Bristol City Robbins Foundation um, Education and with USW, um, I'm doing community coaching and development, a foundation degree, uh, which comes to an end next month for the second year. Uh, Then I've got an option of a third year to top it up to a full BSc, which I uh, submitted my application today. So all being well, that'll that'll be in process. Um, So yeah, that's where it's come from. It gave me an opportunity to move from um, sales industry that I've been in for a long time. and have a career change so yeah it's all focused around community projects and community coaching um like the foundation do um and it's led on to an opportunity for me to be involved with the um, bristol city women's rtc regional talent center where um last week i was appointed as the operations coordinator for that as well so yeah quite busy um, gosh <laughs> it, it's um it's meant that I've had to sort of drop a couple of little things that I've been enjoying, but the long-term future looks really good. Brilliant. Great stuff. Chris, thanks so much for giving us an insight into the Robbins Foundation, Robbins Talk, um, and also the, the the ball assistance on match day. That's always something that's really interested me, and I, I think I've missed the boat now, but um, if I could go back and have an opportunity of being being a ball assistant that would have been class i don't so, know Patch. Uh, maybe we can make that dream come true we'll see <laughs> i'm gonna hold you to that now uh, look yeah. i'll look a bit out of place but uh yeah maybe one day who knows you right know. thank you so much for joining us chris uh we'll be back after the break with our post-match reaction to the barnsley game take care Bristol 
Okay, so big thanks to Chris for joining us there from the Robbins Foundation. And uh, I should also note Millie Rose, a great example of how the Robbins Foundation is helping people, transformed her into a coach. Shout out to Chloe Rogers for helping her on that journey. Um, So 18% of people thought we would win on Saturday and 21% of people thought we would lose today. So it shows the inconsistencies and unpredictability of Bristol City to predict because we've lost 2-0 at Barnsley. The three words are um, X-rated, um, utter effing shambles were, uh, were the three words there. Uh, Matt is with me and Matt is continuing on his world tour. He's now in Washington, D.C. I am, yeah. yeah. Currently in the, uh, the Fairmont. Um, just literally arrived five minutes ago. And uh, yeah, so I had to keep up to date following the transfer from Chicago landed and then saw the WhatsApp messages pointing out we were 2-0 down. Seems that every man and his dog played left wing back or right wing back at some stage. So, <laughs> yeah, thoroughly thoroughly enjoyable trip in the, uh, the transfer. Absolutely. Uh, our guest today is Andy. Andy, who's been on uh, a couple of times before from the Bang Bang podcast. Before we get on to the game, Andy, a sad day in the wrestling world. The, uh, the the untimely death of Scott Hall or Razor Ramon, as he was known in WWE, WWF days. Um, yeah, sad day. It was quite sad. Hello, everybody. Thanks for having me back Hi, on Patch. And uh, nice to see you having a nice holiday, Matt. Thank um, you, mate. <laughs> yeah, he was one of those uh, strange cases. A lot of wrestlers from that sort of time period either lived a pretty full life and died quite early through uh, various drug and substance abuse issues he was one of the guys that kind of made it out and managed to sort of turn his life around so it was quite sad that actually he's, he's sort of passed away after sort of making a go of his life the last sort of five or six years but so yeah it was quite a sad occasion yeah, absolutely yeah and a sad sad day led into a sad evening um let's go through the the starting lineup um so only one change from from Saturday with Williams dropping out and Masengo coming in, Matt. And Pearson said at the start that was basically to um, you know to manage his game time for Joe Williams and to give obviously Masengo an opportunity to prove himself. Um, so yeah, in terms of that starting lineup, no major surprise. No, I guess not. I mean. It- <laughs> suppose hindsight now with, with what happened later on with Joe Williams, but you kind of think at what stage would he get to where he would be able to play, you know, from the start again. And and I almost think, is is he better off starting games rather than coming on when a game's already at sort of full tempo and stuff? But yeah, I mean, it, it was a fairly obvious change and probably the only one you could really see happening, wouldn't it? Especially yeah. is the fact that they got the win on, on the weekend. Yeah. Um, and Andy, obviously, Andy Byman continuing at left wing back, at least for the first 10 minutes. Sorry, right right wing back, I should say. Yeah. I mean, I suppose from that point of view, you couldn't really... That was the only thing I looked at from the lineup, whether it would still be Wyman at right wing back or maybe they may have put Scott back there. And obviously, in a game where you think we might have a bit more of the ball compared to Saturday, we might have gone a bit more attacking with the front three rather than the kind of free in midfield into up front. But I could see, yeah, the the change was sort of almost like for like in midfield, wouldn't it, with uh, Masengo and Williams? So. Yeah, OK. Right, let's get through the minutes then. So the third minute is an early penalty shout for Barnsley. Atkinson leaning in on the striker who goes down, but no penalty. And I think that was, you know, one that it was the first couple of minutes, Andy. And um, 
maybe not a foul, but again, you've seen them given in like the 89th minute. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit, it was a kind of, looking back, I think when you saw it in real time, it looked more of a penalty. Imagine when you look back at the replay, it was, it was pretty soft that the guy who went down, just went down on his own, but mm. yeah, it wasn't a good start. It was a kind of a, a prelude to what was coming up. Wasn't it, yeah. Really? But, yeah, so into the 10th minute, it's a goal for Barnsley. It's a decent corner in, flicked on, bit of pinball in the box and it's touched home from five yards by Morris. Matt, you've seen the goal. Um, obviously another goal conceded from a corner. I just, it, it peddles belief almost, doesn't it? I mean, we've, we've talked about the fact that you've, you've got a manager who's a centre-half, you've got an assistant manager or assistant to the manager um, who was a defender. Pat Mountain seemingly, or rumours, does the defensive work and, and yet it's another goal conceded. And it doesn't seem to matter who we play in the side. Callas, Closer, Pring, you know, whoever it is, Andy Weinman now back there. It makes no difference. We're just so soft. Um, and I don't know that it's a personnel issue because it feels as though we're just not picking up runners, not doing the basics. So, yeah, it was a little, probably a slightly fortuitous. It seemed that the, the guy chested it across um, and a bit of pinball and we, and we didn't follow the runners and Dan Bentley couldn't get there. But it's just become shambolic, isn't it? Our, our set piece defending is shambolic. Yeah. Well, Andy, I'll let you have a say on the on the second one. Uh, but in between that, 14th minute, chance for Matty James, a good ball out from him to Jay De Silva, feeds Masengo, who finds James on the edge of the box, but he shoots well wide. Um, and then in the 21st minute, it's 2-0 to Barnsley. It's hellick on earth. Another corner goal, another corner, another goal, another example of where having men on the posts would have meant no goal. I don't understand why on that one, Andy, Semenyo and Masengo seem to be marking the two biggest players for Barnsley. Yeah, well, I mean, we kind of noticed it in the chat earlier. It was the first goal, Masengo used to be marking, it might have been Helic or Anderson. And we've got, they've got three centre-halves. We've got three centre-halves, all six foot plus. And then you've got, again, in that in the, the first goal, Masengo seemed to be marking the tallest player on the pitch. And then with this, this, this goal, the same, you've got two of your smaller midfield players. When you've got three centre-halves, and Chris Martin as well, you'd think... Um, yeah, it just comes down to basic organisation. I can't imagine. I mean, that may be the way they were told to set up. I don't know. It may just be on on the spur of the moment. They kind of try and organise themselves. But either way, it's obviously clearly not working, is it? No. And Matt, we've said this a number of times now about uh, men on the post. It's just maybe the modern way of doing things, but that, that could have been avoidable. It, it seems to be, but if, if we're saying it game in, game out, Patch, why are they not looking at it? And, and I still don't know whether we mark generally or whether we man-mark at this point. If we man-mark, what on earth are we doing with midfielders and someone like Semenya, who isn't great in the air anyway, marking their best headers of the ball? Get, like, even going back when I played back in the day, you stuck your best defender on their best attacker or you would match up centre-half to centre-half. We just don't seem to have a clue. And and I, I honestly cannot believe we keep conceding these same sort of goals. And I just don't understand what's happening with it. I don't I don't know what Nigel Pearson and his team are working on. Mm. Yeah. I did think as well, I mentioned, didn't I, that if you look at it back, Cundy seems to have a real go at the referee. So whether he got blocked off from his initial run in Hellick, sort of ran around the back and then that's how he got free. But 
what a great move if that's the case. Something we never ever do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, we got away with it on Saturday as well, didn't we? That the, the save Bentley yeah. made. The guy literally stood yeah. in the box on his own, free header. Mm. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> six, yeah. Six yards out. It's like no yeah. one's got a clue. Who, like, oh, what? We went to mark here, are we? Is that what yeah. we're meant to be doing? Picking up their big centre half. Yeah. And literally a couple of minutes later, they had another corner, and you just thought, here we go again. But twenty uh, second yeah. minute is a decent cross in from Jada Silva. Finds some menu. Unfortunately, his header goes wide. But um, you know the the cross in from Jada Silva was another plus point. And also, Matty James took all the set pieces tonight, which again was another plus point for me because his de- delivery was on the whole pretty good. Twenty um, eighth minute, Semenyo gets Joy down the left, puts a crossover with a lot of pace. It evades Martin, but Vyman does connect with it, and it's just wide. A bit too much pace on the cross, Andy. But you know, I, you would expect Vyman to steer that one in although it was uh, a lot of pace on that one yeah he just seemed to when he gets in those situations so many didn't he he'll he'll it, it looks great if it comes off but he'll give it a good old whack <laughs> and again in that in it, i mean and, and when when he goes in you think oh what a finish you know i mean he seems to be one of those guys where yeah i think back to my uh playing days i'm not comparing myself to uh Antoine Semenya in any uh shape or form if i got in down the other side i would kind of give it a good old Oh, and if it goes in, it looks amazing. You think, oh, what a finish, power, pace. If it doesn't, then you think, what the hell was that? And that was a bit of a case of <laughs> it's got in there. And the instinctive thing is to get it into that area. Yeah. He's just put too much on it, hasn't he? Really, I think. Yeah, unfortunate. Um, 32nd minute, Atkinson's turned inside out and then inside out again. <laughs> um, Gundy clears, and his, his, def- his deflected clearance goes um, straight back to Barnsley. And to be fair, that he then heads over. So it was good clearance and a good defending from Robbie Cundy there. Then we see Alex Scott come off. So Alex Scott comes off after I didn't quite see what happened to Alex Scott, whether it was an impact injury or not. But he went down and then carried on and then tried to and then uh, and then like went down again and, and had to come off. But it was a, an enforced change. Um, but in terms of the personnel, Matt, obviously Williams mm. comes on. Pearson said at the start he wanted to give him a bit of a rest. Surely the option there is to bring on, um, you know, Cam Pring, for example, and and put Jada Silva over and put Andy Vyman in where Scott was. Well, um, am I right in saying that at the time Alex Scott was playing left wing back, they'd swapped across? I'm sure I saw that in, in yeah. some of the messages. I think he, that's he got case, back to fullback, yeah. Yeah, yeah if, if that's the case, why wouldn't you put Cam Pring on there? And then you kind of start to look at it and think, well, is, is Cam Pring a player? And in fact, I'm just reading a, a note now from Rob on WhatsApp. But is Cam, Prayer, Cam Pring the player to be sat on the naughty step for a bit because he's not doing it? And, you, and you, it makes no sense. I know we're 2-0 down, but it's not a tactical move that Pearson's done there. It's because of an injury. So if you've got, you're bringing off your wing-back, why would you not bring on a wing-back to replace him? I just don't get it. Yeah, it, um, it, I think it was at that point, Andy, that I started watching what was on the TV and not on the laptop. Um, House of Games, isn't it? Yeah, Rich, what's his name? Richard Osman's House of Games. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! I caught, I caught, I caught um, Don Jolly was on it, so I thought I'd better give that one eye. Um, anyway, so yeah, I might have missed, uh, might have missed Scott going out to left wing back. He did um, much. Yeah, so. Yeah, seems to be closer now. Closer centre-back. Atkinson left-back. 
and Cundy right back with Jada Silva on the right wing. And it just all looked, it all looked at sea, so disjointed. No one really knew where anyone was playing. Um, and it was just, it was just crazy for a, a good sort of 10 minutes up until the halftime whistle went, wasn't it, Andy? Hmm. It seemed to be, I mean, we were trying to fathom it out. So obviously Atkinson was on the left on his own, but the looks of it, there was nobody ahead of him at all. And on the right-hand side, Cundy was out wide, right? And Jada Silva was playing ahead of Cundy. So it was, I mean, actually, we had not a bad spell of possession, actually. Yeah. <laughs> During that just, period. Just, just trying to calm things down. What we needed was a timeout, I think. You know, come over yeah. and get the iPad uh-huh. out and work out what was going on. Um, well, I think a bit of it, if Barnsley didn't know what we were doing, so if they don't know what we're doing, well, if we don't know what we're doing, there's no way they can know what we're doing either, so... Yeah, foxed everyone. The bit that made, the bit, the bit that made me laugh, Pat, in the, the, the WhatsApp group as well, was someone saying, literally, everybody's had a turn at left wing back or right wing back. <laughs> and M- M- Marina, Dol- M- Marina Dolman's in the frame for the weekend. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Which did, did make me laugh as we were stuck in the, uh, the Washington traffic. Uh, 45th minute, Semenyo feeds Vyman out wide on the right, who drills across, but it's cut out. And that took us to halftime. The halftime summary... From Rob, normal service resumed. A mixture of frustrating, embarrassing, and demoralizing. Why are we so often such a soft touch to score against? Two goals from standard corners. The the defending for the first in particular was woeful. Regularly, we seem to have worked really hard for our goals and opportunities yet seem to offer them up to the opposition on a plate. It's not acceptable. As for the rest, sloppy in possession, often under no pressure and too bang average in the middle of the park. It says something I was already concerned when Hanno Masengo was in for Williams. For me, the latter and Scott are the first two I'd want in there. We got better in the last 15, but we should not be in a position we so regularly are before we actually turn up. So quite a damning halftime report there from Rob Matt. Yeah, but with everything that I've read, and I know we, we jokingly give Rob a little bit of stick at times because we know where he sits um, in terms of, of Nigel Pearson, but he's bang on there, isn't he? Um, everything I've read tonight, and, and again, everyone knows listening that I wasn't able to watch it. Everything I've seen and read has said how shambolic and just what a really poor performance it was. So I think Rob's Rob's spot on with it. Yeah, spot Andy, your it. your thoughts on that comment from um, from Rob? Well, I mean, yeah, you can't really disagree with any of that, can you? It was it was pretty evident. Again, it it didn't start particularly well, and it got progressively worse as the half went on. So yeah, yeah. yeah. A little long for my liking, as as uh, as I often complain. Um, <laughs> but thank you very much, Rob. Uh, 49th minute. Doesn't look good for Williams. He's literally been on the field, what, uh, seven plus four. Thir- yeah, he's been on the pitch for 11 minutes. Um, doesn't look good. He went down clutching his thigh, instantly waved that he was in trouble. Hopefully nothing serious, but limps off and he's replaced by Naki Wells. Um, then there was a bit of an update from Matt in, in our chat. Started with Wyman at right wing back, then moved Scott to right wing back, then moved Scott to left wing back. Scott got injured, so brought on Williams. Instead of <laughs> instead of anyone else, he would have brought on Viner or Pring. Atkinson now at left back, right footer. De Silva, right wing back, left footer. Williams now injured and off. So that was bringing you up to speed, Matt. Good night, yeah, it was, yeah. And then when you read that and you read, you know, you know you're 2-0 down to Barnsley, 
there is a bit of me that thought, well, that's all right. We'll come back and get 2-2. That's, that's what we do at Barnes Limit. Um, so I didn't lose all hope, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a worrying trend at the moment. And I guess what bothers me is, and I know I, I tend to flit about with it a little bit because I wanted to work with Nigel Pearson, but I still don't agree the fact that playing Andy Vyman right wing back. Yes, it worked the weekend. He scored. It, people talked about better balance, but you are playing a striker as a right winger, a right wing back, sorry. Mm. And then you've got options to play in their natural positions and you're not playing them. It, it just doesn't add up for me. And Pearson, we know what he will come out and say. We are where we are. We need dominant centre-halves. We need this. It feels to me like we'll need eight or nine players, let alone the ones who might not want to stay anyway. I don't know what progress we're making at the moment. It just feels like we have gone backwards and fans are talking about what in the season to end. And that just can't be right, can it? Mm. Yeah, obviously it was great to have that that high of that Andy Vyman goal on Brilliant. Saturday. Yeah. And and that that does always lull you into a bit of a false sense of hope. Um, but there we go, yeah. that's that's football. Um, 60th minute, Andy, it's a good save from Bentley when the defenders around him seemingly stood motionless watching the lad shoot. Uh, did you did you notice that one? Yeah, I mean, it seemed to be things didn't really pick up at the start of the second half today. It seemed to be more of the same. And again, it just seems like a lot of the time it's kind of disorganisation. Like nobody will go and press somebody or two people are going to press the same person. Same with uh, obviously attacking later on. You have Semenu and Wells both going for the same ball, neither doing anything with it in the end. It seems to be that general kind of, whether it is a lack of cohesion, a lack of coaching a lack of organization i don't know what it is mm. lack of confidence as well probably because nobody wants to take charge and actually deal with it yeah someone so, who, so I, I, for me anyway someone who did sort of take charge and was all over the pitch and putting in a lot of effort was naki wells and it was on the 70th minute great battling from wells he feeds james who finds the silver the cross comes in and martin heads over Semenyo then feeds jada silver who shoots so a, a shot on target for jada silver it's saved and the rebound just goes slightly too wide for Semenyo to uh to sort of steer it home andy yeah, I think if you look at that, they had like probably two guys on the line with that attack, you know. So we don't ever seem to do that, do we? That seems well, they're fighting, be... fighting for their lives, aren't they, down at the bottom? So yeah, yeah, yeah. But we should, our players should be fighting again. If obviously it's supposed, everybody's supposed to be kind of, oh, well, looking at next season, who's going to be here? You know, people should be putting that similar performance in for us. Absolutely. And Absolutely. You get the same things, though, don't you, in terms of we've had a meeting, we've spoke about it, and that, you know, Blackburn, yeah, we got the win. Um, we don't want the season to fade. Now, again, from everything I've read, that seemed to be further from the truth that those players didn't seem to be playing like they didn't want the season to end tonight. Mm. And maybe that's, that's unfair because I haven't watched it, but, you know, you, you look at it and you think, really, is, is, have we seen a group of players that are putting in an effort where they want to see the season out? Yeah, 86 minutes. Semenyo goes down with cramp and does come off. Um, good to see Tommy Conway come on. He was on in the 86th minute and five minutes of injury time. So 10 minutes for Tommy. Um, a positive for me, I said it earlier, better deliveries from set pieces from James. He was putting them in exactly where you would want them put in. But, you know, Robbie Cundy got on the end of a couple, but just needs to sort of hone his attacking skills. 
Um, but a, a, a vast improvement from uh, from what we saw uh, at the weekend. Um, and that's pretty much all did I've he, got for the minute. Did he do anything else, Patch? <laughs> did, did Matty James do anything else other than dead ball delivery? What so sort he, of performance was it from him? On, on a couple of occasions, there were some, some nice, tidy passes. Um, you could see when Williams went off that he sort of took up the mantle of being the being the rattler, being the, you know, the ratter, I should say, to go in and, and win the ball. But yeah, he's still on it. He's still on his way back to being anywhere near where he was um, before he got injured. Andy, I don't know what's your opinion. Well, I don't think he did. Again, he's, he's coming back from a, from a pretty long injury, isn't he? So I suppose you give him a bit of grace from that, from that point of view. But it, it, like a lot of our midfielders, they don't seem to actually do uh, there's not much sort of tangible you can say they actually do do they do they do obviously apart from Alex Scott none of them score any goals do they um you don't get many of them are actually kind of playing sort of defense splitting passes they really seem to have a lot of kind of much of the muchness in the midfield apart from Joe Williams and obviously but Joe Williams is always going to seem to have that sort of caveat of mm. is he going to be fit can he play how, how many games can he play so yeah So it's a torrid time for Joe Williams. Um, Right, Andy, I've given you the task of doing the ratings. So he's bottled it after after a week. I can't believe it. I've delegated it already, but I'll I'll obviously have a have a a view on your ratings. So uh, take us through your sort of initial thoughts on Dan Bentley. If we if we go through, I'll go, try and go through like as the team was set up originally, because obviously, yep. what order it could be in any order, really, couldn't it? <laughs> I, I I think um, I give Bentley a six. I think I think he okay. did it right, maybe a seven, because he made a couple of good saves second half and kind of kept us in the game to a certain point. So yeah, I mean seven he, might be strong, but yeah. yeah, I think seven strong. I think six is a good one. I mean, he did make a few saves there's no real worldies i would say a good sort of one-handed save um i like the way he was trying to motivate the team as well uh he, he was the one who was trying to say come on let's get going etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah i think i think six um from a captain's performance yeah um so if we go by the the sort of back five the way they started the game so um i, I mean the three set and a half start off with I've gone closer five, Cundy five, and Atkinson four. Um, okay. I thought Cundy was probably the pick of the of the three, and obviously uh, closer was kind of in the middle, and Atkinson just had a well, I mean, he looks so he's had injuries and had COVID in, but from the from the kid who started the season, he looks completely shot to me. Yeah. Um yeah, I think so, I, I think there'll be some people shouting to go a little bit lower on some of those, but I think <laughs> it's tough, isn't it? It's such a tough thing. I hate doing it, and Matt, I don't know how Matt does this on a weekly basis, but uh, yeah. yeah, Matt, any 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 advice for this for this process? I think it's just it's just about trying to be honest with it, like we always are. But I think we've probably had a bit of a reputation patch of trying to see the positives, and actually sometimes you've got to look at it and go. Do you know what? That just simply isn't good enough. Mm. And a 2-0 performance tonight, again, having not watched the game, but everything I've listened to and seen, I can't see there's many of our players that are going to come out with much more than fives 
possibly the odd one or two sixes. I don't know, but yeah, but and, yeah, and six six just... six for those people who haven't listened before, six is an expected performance, and there was no yeah. expected performance of obviously Bentley is a, a bit of an exception uh, to the rule sometimes. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, for the for the goal, the defender should be picking up those men. It's a tough one. Let's stick with uh, let's stick with five well, five four for now. The worry for me is, so we talked about Robbie Cundy there, Andy, is the best of those three, yeah? Um, closer, he, he's done okay. Signing for next season, probably not, because the money that he's probably likely to be on, he's another pre-season older. I don't know that he's brought enough to the team to warrant that. Whether there's any truth in it, but you've heard rumours that Cundy isn't being kept on because he's out of contract. Um and so you're then left with Rob Atkinson, who's massively gone backwards from the player at the start of the season. Now, admittedly, COVID and injuries has had an impact to that. But it's a bit of a worry, isn't it, that three centre-halves tonight, and arguably two out of those three won't be here next season, might be slightly harsh on Robbie Cundy. Um, yeah, well, I think but, yeah, what, I, I, I think he's got what, to, got to be looking... What's happened to Atkinson? I don't know where that Cundy thing came from, whether it actually came out of Pearson's mouth or what. Um, yeah, no, I don't believe so. I've not, I've not, I've not seen anything reported. But from I'd be him. surprised. The fact that he's been, on, yeah, the fact that he's performed well in the last two, three matches, whatever it's been, um, I think yeah. it's, it's someone, and the wages he's expecting won't be anywhere near <laughs> what closer would be expecting. No, and he's he's a player that wouldn't have been didn't do the preseason. Has probably not actually featured an awful lot in the first team training, let alone anything else, until mm. recent weeks. Um, so I think it might be quite harsh, but it just it worries me. Rob Atkinson, like I said, I'm I'm hoping it's because of the COVID situation and and the injury, because if not, you're talking about a player that at the start of the season patch. I think four out of five games he was our man of the match. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think with Atkinson, it was his... falling off a cliff, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it, it, it was his, his kind of defensive work at the start of the season needed a bit of work. But the main thing with Atkinson was his confidence and bringing the ball forward. People were comparing yeah. to Adam Webster at the start of the season. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now, like, that's gone completely, you know? Yeah. So, Okay, right. So um, I think you've got Vyman left to do. Oh, and De Silva. Um, so okay, yeah, yeah. I give, give Vyman a five. I give De Silva a six. Like, he was probably... Him and Bentley were my shining lights. <laughs> yeah, tough to have a man on a match tonight. But yeah, I would have yeah. given Jane Silver a six. I thought he had going forwards uh, a reasonable game. It looked as much of a threat as considering he was playing, he played both sides during the game as well. Okay. Um, but yeah, and Wyman was Wyman. I don't think it did have much of an impact on the game, but he's still, he still put in a, a Wyman performance. Pretty, pretty shifted. Yeah. Energy level, yeah. So. Okay, well, Alex Scott was on the pitch for 39 minutes. Um, so I think, we, I think we've got to play 45 minutes to get a rating. But, you know, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't anything, anything groundbreaking. Um, we were 2-0 down at that point. So Weiman and Williams, you know, sorry, Semenya, Scott and Williams, both, both probably, you know, five if you if if we're rating them, and then James Martin and Cement, sorry James, and then Martin and Semenyo. So I give Matt James a, a five. Um, again, probably for his set piece delivery, push them up from a four. I'd say because they seem to get overrun 
especially I'll get to uh, Han Noah in a moment as well. But mm. but for yeah, there seemed to be very little of either getting on the ball or being able to stop the ball coming through to our defence as well. So it just, the midfield just seemed to be sort of bypassed for that first sort of forty five minutes. Um, and I would have gone. I I love Han, and I took my eldest daughter. She's eight to her first game a couple of weeks ago and she fell in love with Hanna Masenga. It's about <laughs> the Coventry game. Although she didn't obviously when he misplaced that pass which led to the winner. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Um but I would have gone with a four tonight for Han. I, I, I again we all we all love him and you kind of hold him to a high standard through some of his performances this season. But that today was more of a throwback to maybe last year, year before where he kind of looked Lost Eiffel and physically was outmanned. Yeah, he was bullied of Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, is, is he a is he a player knowing that he's got a year left of his contract? That probably agents in his ear, and again, you wonder end of the season. And, and that's only I'm just just throwing that in there because his his form as well has just dropped off massively in the last few weeks. It's only what six weeks ago that Preston fans. Stayed behind at Deepdale to clap him off, saying it was the best performance they'd seen from an away player in years. Consistency, and I suppose strange. that is the thing with youngsters, isn't it? But yeah, very strange. Yeah. Okay, Martin and Semenyo. Um, I've got I've gone with two fives again for those two. Um, Martin, I think at least Semenyo second half was trying. And again, he at that moment in the first half where he got down that left-hand side and put that ball in. And a few times in the second half before he he seemed to be one fighting with the defenders, trying to hold the ball up, trying to kind of make an impact. So maybe uh, he, maybe he should be a he should be more than Martin actually. So maybe a five for Semenyo and a and a four for Martin, but four seems quite harsh for Chris Martin. Um, but yeah, not much in it between the pair of them really. Pretty pretty ineffectual. Okay, um, and Nigel Pearson. Ah, well, well, it's difficult because, like we said, like, it's the same team apart from apart from Masengo for Williams as the weekend. And what did, what did we give him on the weekend? What did you guys give him? Seven. Patch wanted seven to give him a twelve, weekend. but we, we seven. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean. <sighs> No, come on. It's got... You're uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've yeah. watched the games. Yeah, yeah, watched yeah, yeah, games. yeah. We were for, outplayed for large for, parts of that by a team in the bottom three. Yeah, for me, Andy, I as well, not, it yeah. was, it, it, as yeah. someone watching, I couldn't oh, yeah. work out what, what was no. going on. Um, the in-game management was terrible, yeah. Yeah. So, so I'll, I'll go four. Four, yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> even that's generous, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but I have watched it. You, so. you didn't even see the first half, Matt. Jesus. Yeah. I know, mate. I know. Yeah. I know. I'm just, yeah. just seeing now his, his interviews just dropped and he doesn't look very happy. I've not listened to it, but he doesn't look very happy. Obviously. But we, you know what it's going to be, don't you? It's the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, and then we win on the weekend. It's, oh, it's a good performance. That's what we want to see. And then lose the next game and it's, oh, the certain characters, you know, aren't up to it and X, Y, Z. And then the week after it'd be, oh, yeah. You know, we're that's what we want to see, and then it, it just gets a bit old after a while, doesn't it? Yeah. And again, it's not like you're going to bring in. You're not going to bring in. There's not a lot to bring players in, in the there? summer, are they? No, there's not, there's not a lot to bring in there's... from from the subs bench, let alone. No, 
Okay, there's a, little, get... there's a little there's a little clip for you. It's just on our WhatsApp. If you want to have a look, go on. Um, I don't know who's posted it, but it's it's of Nigel Pearson walking off. I'm assuming at the final whistle, um, and he's getting a bit of stick from a couple of fans. Either walk um, straight and, in. And, yeah, but Pearson just seems to to stand there, look at what they're saying, not not really interact with it, and go in, which is an interesting one. I think there is a bit yeah. of that because if you watch his old press conference and that sort of thing. He, I mean, he can be a bit spiky now, can't he? But back in those days, yeah. he was a real horrible bastard. But, oh, sorry, guys. But he was, wasn't he? He was, and now he seems to be yeah. a bit less. I mean, you, and you kind of have to think, well, what, ultimately, what is it really, what is it really, has he got the passion to, like, if he gets a sack tomorrow, well, I don't think he'd be that bothered, to be he's, honest. He's not going to, so. I, no, I know, no, 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 I'm saying, but he didn't, to me, it seems to be like, well, Okay, and what for three years? Is it is it magically in three years' time? Are we going to progress that much? Going on the basis of this first year, where we've I mean it's I, I remember coming on last season, um, and it, we were talking then. Hopefully, new season we get players, we got a settled formation, everybody will know where they're playing, that kind of mm. thing. There'll be a bit more fluidity to the way we play, a bit more of a game plan. And we're a year down the line, and it's, it's debatable. It doesn't, doesn't feel any different, does it? Not really. Ago? No, no. And, and and the way I the way I am starting to look at it, and and again, I'm still so torn with it because I want it to work, but I still believe we should be getting better performances and more consistent performances from this squad of players. I really do, and that that surely has to come back to one man. And I don't, I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't, I don't I like Patch. I don't think that they are going to sack him. Certainly not before the end of the season, unless someone, yeah, you know, unless Barnsley have a, an unbelievable run or Reading or whatever. Because tonight now puts it back in the mix. Where I'm thinking, shit, are we still in trouble? What you know, Birmingham lost. And, but you're talking about another another season where we've probably survived because there's been three not even three worst teams this season. And I know that's a really obvious thing to say in it because there's always the three worst teams that go down. But this season, it's not. I think the points deduction is going to have a massive implication. And therefore, you do feel a little bit like, well, we've got away with one now. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know the answer. I, don't, I can't see any progression I thought we were seeing three months ago. I can't see where that's gone now. Um, yeah, and it but- feels as though, like I said, the summer is a massive, massive summer. And are we going to have the funds to be able to do anything about it? Very depressing. Yeah. Um, we should have listened to Adam Wyatt on Twitter because he says, have a good night's sleep before recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> let let the anger drift away. <laughs> I've, I've got a mouse to catch anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dr. Dean Allen, who was our guest on Saturday, another disappointing di- display by Bristol City at Oakwell tonight, outplayed by a spirited and organised Barnsley side who, let's be honest, wanted it more. Failure to to defend crosses is again our downfall worrying injuries too a night to forget um matt seward says no one in this team can get a mark over three this week shambles um after 20 minutes there was a tweet come came through from nige mitchell 20 minutes in defensive shambles again no defenders on the posts either which i've been saying both goals have probably been stopped if there had been coaching question mark 
Um, also, another tweet in from from Nigel put for the at the end of the game. Radical and extreme solution to our problems: sell, sack, and ship out all of them. <laughs> Cash from selling the youngsters and Bentley to fund an entire new squad. None of the rest worth keeping, managers and coaches included. So Nigel basically wants to get rid of everyone. Um, and yeah, there was a couple of others filtering through there as well. But yeah, a night to forget. Let's focus on the positives of this podcast. I had a lovely chat with Chris at the start. So the first 15, 20 minutes were all positive. Um, and yeah, it's uh, it's a disappointing one. And we've got West Brom Just, on Saturday. Yeah, I think I'm um, I think I'm actually available for that one. Sadly, I'm not traveling, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, one thing we'll, that we'll to add, Patch, is the club did give a scarf and a free hot drink to those that travelled today, didn't they? Which yes. I know it might sound a little bit like, oh, you know, but actually, not many clubs do stuff like that. So it is a nice little touch, I think. And yeah, again, time. probably goes back, yeah, goes back to the influence that the likes of Richard Gould's now having on the club. Um, so, yeah, credit to the club for that. But on the back of that, you'd like to think they may very well do a little bit more and perhaps refund them or um, <laughs> give something else because it seems a bit of a shambolic performance, but still. Yeah, not good. Not a good night. But um, Andy, no. thanks for uh, thanks for joining us and and uh, taking up the mantle of doing the ratings. And I hope you, oh, catch, hope yeah. you catch your mouse. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> I'll let you know. For for those yeah. for those wrestling fans, the Bang Bang podcast is coming back, I think, isn't it, next month? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So back the the fourth of April, the the show's back, and then we'll be back for the, a good 12, 13 weeks after that. We might have a few Bristolians. So I got under got another Bristolians, two Bristolians coming onto the show this time. Blimey, so actually, and Northern Northern Tom's coming on as well. Oh, <laughs> yeah, awesome. right. So I'm trying to get Matt on, but Matt won't. Matt's not interested. But... <laughs> <That'd be quite laughs> funny, I don't as long as we can talk to your own haystacks and big daddy. And yeah, yeah. No, he talks yeah. about that. He talks I'm, about that. I'm, yeah, I can do that. I'm back in the day, Cat Weasel. Yeah, all of them. Oh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There you go. you got another Bristolian. There we are. Right. Before then, yeah. 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 Thanks for listening, everybody. Do take care. Don't have nightmares and do sleep well. And Matt, have a good rest of your holiday. Yeah, I'm off for tea with Joe Biden. So take it steady. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> all the best, guys. Bye. We're proud of Bristol City. They play in the wind and rain. To hear the crowd or shout aloud, the city scores again. My eyes have seen the glory of the goals the city score, and we want to see them score in just a half a dozen more. When the ball goes in the net, me boys, you want to hear us roar. Our team goes marching on. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Our team goes marching on. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Our team goes marching on. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Our team goes marching on. All together, boys. Glory.
glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Glory, glory, Bristol City. Our team goes marching on. Our team goes.